where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. And I'm Brittany and I didn't. And we are on Buffy Season 2, Episode 13. Surprise! Like a birthday. Because it's Buffy's birthday. That does not bode well for the rest of the jokes forthcoming, (laughs) if that's the response I'm going to get. All right, great. (laughs) To give Buffy a surprise on her 17th birthday, Drusilla and Spike bring together the body parts of a dismembered demon who cannot be killed. I'm going to give this an 8. It's a 7. IMDB says this is an 8.8. It's not that good. No. There's some really good parts. Yeah. Notably, Spike and Drusilla are back. Yes. So everything's better. Also, I've decided that I am a team Spike-Silla. Yeah. Uh, and I am rooting for them to win. Great. As with season one... When I was rooting for uh, Lord Voldemort to end the scourge of the Slayer, I am now rooting for uh, Spike Scylla to uh, get justice for the horrors wrought upon Drusilla. <laughs> Great. You're rooting for them to defeat Angel, specifically? I mean, I'm, I think it's more that I'm just team anti-Buffy yeah. at this point, uh, and continue to be so. Mm-hmm. But this is where we're at. So, how much of this did you remember? I guess we should start with, this has a cliffhanger ending at yeah. the end of this. So, mm-hmm. this is not listed as a part one, part two, um, because the next episode is just called Innocence. Yeah. But how much of uh, part one did you remember? Basically all of it. Um, I remembered that it started with Buffy's dream. I put premonition, because it's kind of like a premonition, too, because things come true. Sure. But I remembered that. Can we talk about that first? So there's the opening dream montage where Drusilla's in Buffy's house, which we know immediately is not real. Right. Because we have been following the lore of the world. Yeah. Uh, And there's some other things that happen. Willow has a French monkey. (laughs) Yeah. Right, so that's in there. There's a very dramatic plate shattering, which comes up later, and Angel's uh, staking. Um, And then she has another similar premonition-type experience, I guess we can call it. I don't really know how better to describe it, because they didn't really describe it beyond just saying Buffy has dreams. Yeah. Is this something that just happens in this episode, or is this something that the Slayer can do? Um, I believe it happens later. Are these Slayer powers? I think so. I think it's like almost like an intuition type thing. Okay. Like you have that Slayer intuition and you can see things. I don't know. And when you're super in tuned with it or super concerned about a very specific thing, it can Mm -hmm. manifest this way. Yeah. I know that there's a whole episode where they have dreams about... Or at least Buffy does. It might be everybody, but I know Buffy specifically has dreams about the first Slayer. It's like a finale of a season. It's not a great episode, but that happens. So the premonition happens. Mm -hmm. What else did you remember? Um, That whole Oz and Willow scene where 
That was very good. Yeah. She goes up to him and they're talking and he's like, I'm going to ask you on a date. I'm going to ask you to go out with me tomorrow night and I'm really nervous about it. It's interesting. (laughs) And then she says, I'm going to say yes. And then he asks her out and she says, oh no, I can't. And he's like, unpredictable. I like that. (laughs) See, she said, oh no, I can't. And I thought that was a bit. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought it was a bit. Like, I thought it was a very good, like, improv line in the moment. And then the writers went, yeah, no, that's funnier if she <laughs> says no. And it's just, like, yanking his chain or something. Yeah, no, she just forgot. I was also a little confused because Allison Hannigan was not dressed like Willow for much of this episode. She was dressed like Lily Aldrin. Yeah. So, uh, the... Uh, oh, no, I can't tomorrow. I'm just joking. That is a Lily thing. Yeah. So I had that superimposed. It's very hard to disconnect the two. Gotcha. For me. Because I've watched How I Met Your Mother at least four times. Yeah, I I can disconnect the two simply because I feel like she holds herself differently. It just doesn't help that she was wearing... Like, the hat that she Mm -hmm. was wearing in this was probably something she wore in a How I Met Your Mother Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, she's so different as Willow than she is as Lily, and I think it's helpful that I've seen her as Willow first, as opposed to Lily, because I'm sure Lily is way more how Allison Hannigan is as a person. Yes, I think the same thing. She has mannerisms that are clearly Allison Hannigan that you can see in Lily. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, uh, specifically the way that Allison Hannigan smiles is not the way that Willow smiles, Mm -hmm. but it is the way Lily smiles. Yeah. But in this episode, she smiled like herself, Mm -hmm. which just is not a bad thing by any stretch of Mm -hmm. the imagination. It's just an interesting thing you pick up on going back and watching a show that's 20-something years old. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel in ways about... David Boreanaz is playing Angel in this episode. Sure. Because, spoiler alert, he's about to become Angelus. So it felt like he was overcompensating to try and be this good angel so that we get the really great juxtaposition of him becoming Angelus later. Yeah, it feels a little bit like we're being hit over the head. Yeah, like the the last couple episodes. It's Yeah, especially because last episode he was in three scenes and all Mm -hmm. of them were... I'm going to kiss Buffy scenes. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. Yeah. It felt like the last couple of episodes where when Joss Whedon or the writers or whatever were like, okay, so we know this change is coming. Make it so it's an actual change. They did an interesting design choice uh, for costumes in this for Buffy and for Angel because Buffy was pretty much in white the whole time. Various... Mm -hmm different costumes because she kept kept getting wet um but they alternated angel being well he showed up shirtless the first time so we could have the reminder of the tattoo on his back say hold on but so he could take his shirt off i guess i mean i guess fine but he was either wearing a white shirt or a black shirt or or coat or whatever Mm -hmm. but they very clearly were making design choices based on what parts of the episode they wanted them to line up and what Mm -hmm. parts of the episode they wanted that black-white contrast. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the designers, I guess, because you did a good thing. Yeah. I don't totally know what the point of it was, but I noticed... 
I also remembered Spike being in a wheelchair because I asked you if we'd seen him in the wheelchair yet. Right. I couldn't remember. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved Vampire confined to a wheelchair because, and then he also had all the burns mm-hmm. on the side of his face from yeah. the fight three or four episodes ago, however long ago it was. Yeah. I don't know how much uh, real time has passed, so to speak. Real time in the world of Buffy. That's a very confusing thing. Um, But I liked that he was hurt and that he was in pain and that he was still healing and that he heals slow, apparently. But then they had the same thing happen with Angel when Angel almost got got by the sun. And then he had to heal up for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, But seeing a vampire confined to a wheelchair is... A dynamic that you don't expect to see. It's a strangest dichotomy of this incredibly powerful being that can't walk, mm-hmm. apparently. Which was interesting. Yeah. Loved it. It's really nice. Especially because at, when we first met Spike and Drew, Drew was the sick vampire that they needed to restore her strength. And now it's opposite. That's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that Spike is necessarily sick. He's just injured. Yes. But I did expect that to come full circle here, and it didn't quite come full circle because Drusilla's still nuts. Yeah. Might be less nuts. Maybe slightly. But even then, I'm only getting that from Juliet Landau's incredibly nuanced performance. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, she's also ripped. Yeah. Because this was the first time that she wasn't wearing, like, full sleeves and everything. Like, she is ripped. Um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't care for Spike. I, and and I, she cares about, about Spike. She doesn't, like, go through the act of taking care of someone who is sick. That's not what she does. Yeah. She's concerned about throwing this party and the judge and all of that yeah. stuff. And she's doing it for her, for them, for whatever her reasons are. Who knows? Um, so it's interest. It is an interesting that it's flipped, but they keep it interesting by not completely flipping. Yeah, I would. Spike is still taking care of her. Yeah, because that's I'm guessing what he's basically been used to doing for hundreds of years. Yeah, Spike was still very clearly in charge, mm-hmm. even though she was calling the shots. Mm-hmm. Because she almost, uh, oh gosh, I really wanted to see her uh, kill Professor Vampire by stabbing him through the eyeballs with her fingernails. Yeah. I was excited to see how they were going to do that. Um, but I'm glad that uh, Professor Vampire survived another 15 minutes to be taken out <laughs> by the judge. Yeah, but Spike, like, stopped it. Yeah, Spike stopped it, though. Drusilla's making the decisions, but Spike is in charge mm-hmm. still. Yeah. It's really nice. Team Spike Silla. Is that a shirt? I'd wear it. <laughs> I just imagine like a black shirt with a heart on like the breast pocket that just said Team Spike Silla with like a stake through it. Like it wouldn't be like a full shirt. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to try to draw this. It wouldn't be like a full shirt. To, it would just be right small. Now. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'll try to draw this.
next thing I remember, I remembered um, that Jenny is a gypsy. And her tribe, quote unquote tribe, which is what they called it, is the one that cursed Angel. Yes. He killed somebody important to her tribe, which before they just said it was some gypsy girl. And now when her uncle came and talked to her, it made it sound like whoever this girl was that was killed was super important. I thought um, the uncle was like a, a ghost or another premonition thing because yeah. they were already doing premonitions mm-hmm. and dreams and visions. I didn't think he was actually there because he looks so out of place. Yeah, and I think the point is that he's out of place because of... Differences in culture and yes. all of that stuff, and he shouldn't be there. And yeah. we've already talked at length about they wouldn't be called gypsies now. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't treat them the same way. Who knows that this would even still be the backstory Angel has yeah. with all of this. Maybe they change it up. Who knows? It's probably done somewhat differently to do it nowadays. But um, we're going to keep saying gypsy because that's the phrasing that they use in the episode. Yep, because they made it clear that Jenny is not her real name. Yeah, Jenna is. Well, yeah, kind of. Jenna. Jenna. Whatever they yeah. said. I don't totally remember. It was like Yana. Yana. Something like but that. But the caption spelled it Jenna. Yeah. It was strange. I was a little disappointed with that scene. Okay. Because, it came, one, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere so much. Like I said, I thought he was a ghost or it was a premonition or something. And then I thought... Oh, maybe this is this guy is like connected to all of the Giles backstory, and maybe she's still somehow stuck, partially possessed by this demon thing that he summoned, and then this is going to be interesting, and she's still working for this and everything else. What what have they set up already that they're trying to pay off right here? Mm-hmm. The answer is nothing. They haven't set this up. This has not been earned. This no. is out of left field. This yes. is the first time we're hearing about this. And I really, really hope they pay it off really well because right now they haven't earned any of this. Yeah, um, in the trivia, because I was going through the trivia at one point, and it said that this was not their intention with Jenny's character. Clearly, because it's nothing that they've done so far would suggest that this is accurate and she's been on the show since almost the beginning yeah she's and she they had her established as she knew about the supernatural because she's some kind of wiccan right so this is a change or or or, i mean at the end of the day they can say that she just lied about everything Mm -hmm. which is cheap writing and a cop out it felt in the moment to me it felt like look here's this big reveal because it fills in plot holes Here, look, here's this character's backstory because we haven't specified this detail. Yeah. So we're going to use it. It didn't feel earned is the word I kept coming back to in my mind. It just, it it wasn't great. Yeah, the only... It does make the rest of this episode more interesting and it does immediately uh, insert tension into the group, which is Mm -hmm. good. and, And it serves a lot of very good purposes, but it wasn't set up at all. Yeah, the only thing that I can even think of that matters is because of her tribe, she now is the only one who would have any idea about how to restore his soul.
Side character shout out. I'm a big fan of Professor Vampire. He survived until this moment, so rip Professor Vampire. Um, he got killed by the judge, so that's uh, that's a good way to go. Yeah. All things considered. I love that the judge... Okay, the judge, the judge, my, the judge. He's my side character shout out. He's so, so good. <laughs> yeah. This makeup won an Emmy, yes. he said. This yes. makeup job won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is so good. The portrayal of the judge we only saw him for like five minutes at the end of this episode it's already more intricate and interesting than 95 percent of the bad guys on the show have been mm-hmm. like apart from spike and drusilla i think i think the judge is more interesting than the master was because the master we never totally really understood what was happening yeah because it was a truncated season and i mean at this point angel's not a villain yet mm-hmm. but the judge is crazy interesting yeah and the lore the lore behind it Mm -hmm. is dark and gritty and it's good and it just watching this episode and going oh the lore is great can we stop with the the romance stuff because it's not earned and it's not great and it's really teenagery can we just get all the gritty lore and everything and maybe can we just watch angel (laughs) i had that thought (laughs) like as this episode's going and i'm liking parts of this episode and not liking other parts and i just came to the realization that i just want to watch angel Mm -hmm. that's where i'm at yeah and the judge is played by um the same guy who played a vampire toward the beginning of buffy 2 in season one ah yes let me look him up the judge uh played by brian earl thompson he played uh the the lackey right yeah, he was like the one that almost bit Buffy in uh, the first episode. Luke. Yes. So he played Luke there. Um, Brian Thompson has had a long and well-established career and is uh, still acting. Um, you can see him upcoming in uh, production of the Scottish play. When I say this counts as a performance venue podcasting, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. An upcoming version of the Scottish play... That we're absolutely watching because it's the Cohen brothers and uh, Denzel Washington is playing Mackers. Great. And Francis McDormand is Lady M. Brendan Gleeson, Harry Melling. Wow. All right. That's a cast. Great. Um, he's a young murderer in that, so that's good, even though hey, he's like 60. I played a murderer. So That's who um, I played in Mackers. Yeah. There you go. Um, but he's done everything. Uh, the Orville, the uh, the Extendables, uh, Hawaii Five O. Then he was on Charmed. Um, yeah, I'm just working my way down. Dragon Quest, Chuck, Fist of the Warrior, Fight of the Living Dead. He's done a lot. He's a big dude, so he's yeah. done a lot of like fighting stuff or intimidation stuff. Star Trek Enterprise, NCIS, uh, Charmed. He played War and Kronos on charmed uh he was the crawler in the birds of prey tv series from the early 2000s he was in joe dirt he was buffalo bob and joe <laughs> dirt uh he's the alien bounty hunter nine episode run on the x-files he played hercules at one point of course he's done he was in mortal Kombat. he was in dragon heart star trek deep space nine Star Trek Generations, Walker, Texas Ranger. His career goes all the way back to the 80s. So, like, good for him. He's been doing this a long, long time. 
The judge is great. What's your favorite line in this? I didn't really have one. I didn't write one down. It wasn't very funny. No. It was a very serious episode. Yeah. I appreciated Oz's delivery of the line. This explains so much. Yeah. Uh, Oz knows about vampires yeah. now because uh, Buffy got thrown through a window and then staked one right in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't really a laugh-heavy episode. Not really. In the slightest. There was a uh, dismembered arm choking out Buffy at one point. So, you know, it wasn't a funny episode. Yeah. I didn't really have one. I thought that there was one at the beginning that I just didn't write down, but I couldn't remember what it was. Well, there you go. So, obviously not. That's fine. What else did you uh, remember? I remembered Angel giving Buffy that ring. The Claudow or whatever it's called. Claudow ring. Yeah. Which I've seen, like, is an actual ring that people have. Like, Mm -hmm. I've seen it. It's Irish um, because it's from his people and he's Irish. I remember the vampires taking the box so that they could reassemble the judge. Sure. Um, And then the last thing that I wrote down for what I remembered was the rain, the sex, the oops. (laughs) Uh, That's a... (laughs) That's the title of Angel's memoir right there. <laughs> the rain, the sex, the oops. There you go. So yeah. they put together the judge. They reassembled the judge. Yeah. Not through some uh, Frankenstein-esque magic. Not through uh, a, a swamp thing dunking it in ooze and it comes back together into life. Not even through... They've already had an episode where there was a mad scientist kid building people in his basement. Yeah. That all happened. No, they reassemble the judge by stacking the boxes. In the right order, I assume. (laughs) Apparently in the right order. What happens if they stack those boxes upside down? I would imagine. Does it work? Like a head down by his foot and an arm coming out of where the head is. The final box was put into place, the head box, and then they all magically formed one box, and then the judge walked out. It looked really cool. Yeah. But then I started thinking about it. Right. They just had to get the last box connected, and then, boom, judge is back. That's all the reassembling there is. Right. There was was no ritual. There was no casting. There was no chanting. There was no no mad science or no mad vampire lore. I really thought Professor Vampire was going to do some Frankenstein vampire stuff. And I was really excited to see that. And then they just built some Legos. Yeah. But side note, I do want to point out that all of those vampires in that scene were had really great reactions because that was just CGI light that came out of there. But they all acted like, oh my god, I just saw that light and what the hell is going on. Right. Yeah, like, it, it was, was really a, good reactions. They, it, they were really good reaction shots to something that was CGI, especially when actors in 1998, TV actors in 1998... Probably don't act against CGI all that much. Right. Talk about that um, Buffy's second, waking up from that second premonition when she screams Angel and he's right there. He's right there. The uh, Edward Cullen moment. Yeah, Angel pulled an Edward Cullen. (laughs) Yeah. Before Edward Cullen existed, Angel was doing this. He was so close to her face before she woke up. 
but he was off screen. So I don't know if that was better or worse. That he was out of the camera shot and she woke up and then he's in the camera shot. Yeah. Right? Like, we know the actor's just there waiting for the moment, the entrance, right? But they chose to do it that way, which means that he was right there the second before she woke up mm-hmm. when he was supposed to be researching. I mean, I can think that they can argue that as a vampire, he can move quickly. Not that quick. But, yeah. He's not the Flash. Buffy's casual and inconsistent strength. Okay, it's not really a super inconsistent thing, but it just stuck out to me in one of the fights in this episode. During the earlier fight on the truck, uh, when Oz finds out about vampires and Buffy's party gets ruined, um, Buffy uh, lets loose such an uppercut on this vampire that he does a (laughs) backflip. I don't remember that happening. She punched him so hard, he did a backflip. I mean, that was And like landed that, on his face. That was like that one time at the beginning of this season where she punched a vampire so hard or kicked him so hard that he went up. Exactly. <laughs> up and into the tree. Yeah. Yeah. There are... But uh, apparently she can't kill another vampire before the vampire picks her up and tosses her into a lake or yeah. the sea or the whatever it was. Whatever. Into the water. I think it was like the. It was supposed to be the ocean. I the think the ocean, the coast. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't ne- not necessarily a moment of inconsistency in her powers, but she punched the dude so hard he did a backflip. Yeah. Also, I noticed with in that fight, um, her hair was in front of her face for a good portion of it. I wonder why. Yeah. Anyway, I thought because it was funny. Because SMG was not doing that. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, there's your stunt double. Yeah, it was. Okay, so I, I do have to point this out because I have uh, given this show enough crap about bad fights. Yeah. Uh, all the fights in this episode were good for the most part. There were a couple of shots, a couple of hits that yeah. were clear misses and there were sound effects. But that's fine because this is Buffy and that's what you expect. Yeah. However, in that same fight, so the fight... Uh, when they're on the side of the truck and then they eventually get onto the top of the truck and then the fight moves in through the the, the window. Mm-hmm. They seamlessly moved the fight off of the ground and into the truck. A vampire came up behind off the top of the truck, grabbed Buffy around the neck and just hauled her up mm-hmm. onto the top of the truck. And the camera followed with... It was a crane shot. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the first time we've seen that in a fight. On Buffy, a crane shot in a fight. Uh, And it was so seamless and it worked so well. And it was a great moment of the the DP working with the fight uh, choreographer, working with lighting, working with the director and everybody working together for nowadays. It's a very simple thing. But in 1998 on a TV show, on an underfunded TV show to do something like that. Right. Shout out to those guys for figuring it out yeah. and pulling it off because it was a great moment. It advanced the story. It gave more attention to the fight. Buffy was losing. Um, a great camera shot. It was very smooth. It transitioned well. It was just a really, really good little moment. Yeah. Immediately, and it happened immediately after 
she punched a vampire into a backflip. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the first time that Angel tells Buffy he loves her. Because earlier, only she said it, right? Yes. When he word vomited his backstory. Yeah, I think so. She says, I love you, but I don't trust you or something like that. But she says, I love you. And this is the first time he says, I love you. And she doesn't. No. She says something to to that extent. Yeah. Before the sex and the oops. (coughs) The implied sex. The implied sex. Which I I wrote down, see, even Angel thinks of his penis sometimes. (laughs) Because he knows what will happen. But then again, he does try to stop her. He says, maybe we shouldn't. And then she says, See, don't. Okay, I'm not trying to defend men here. But I think part of it is the blood. Because, well, because she was bleeding. No, he said it was closed. It was enough that he knew, though. And you could see it in his face, like he was being affected. That's how I interpreted oh, that part of the scene, was that her blood did all of that. And then, of course, at the end of that, I went, wait a second, that's Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sh- that's I- just all vampire romance, apparently. <laughs> all yeah. teen vampire romance is the same thing. Yeah. Well, because she winced because of the thing. He went and looked at it and said, oh, it's already closed. So I didn't think that there was blood at all. We yeah. didn't even really see the cut, though. They just no. kind of talked about it. With that being the setup that the writers and director chose to use for that moment, I just kind of assumed that because they talked about that, that it was, one, a good way for clothes to start coming off, but it was also lending itself to what was about to happen. I guess that, that makes As sense. a contributing factor, if nothing else. I hadn't even thought about that. I'd seen this episode a lot. I never thought about that. It's interesting. Well, this is what happens when I watch Twilight before Buffy. (laughs) You know. I have a couple more things. Oh, I didn't mention this. At the beginning, uh, when Angel gets staked in the dream, mm-hmm. they have the very dramatic Hand of God shot. Oh, yeah. Where it's just their Buffy and Angel's hands reaching for each other, and Angel's hand disintegrates. Um, it's a very good shot. It's, it's great. It's wonderful. Completely unnecessary. Hella dramatic. But it was in there, even though it was a dream. They spent a lot of money on those dream shots. Angel's back tattoo is shown again to remind us all of his backstory. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. Oz has one earring. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that before this, apparently. Oz has an earring. He's also a senior. They established that he's yes. two years older than they are. No, one year old. One year old. Well, they don't establish their grade here. They don't immediately mention it. But I think we're. Yeah, I mean, Buffy's turning 17. Yeah, so he's a year older than they are. Yes. So next year, theoretically, he will go to college. Yes. Uh, This episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer apparently is sponsored by Adidas (laughs) because Willow had an Adidas backpack with a very clear logo. Uh, Juliet Landau remains very, very, very good. I continue to just be thoroughly impressed. I want the scene 
that allows uh, Juliet Landau to act against Anthony Stewart Head. There is no reason for this scene to exist, but I want it. I don't know if that happens. I th- they're in scenes together, but I don't know if they're... They wouldn't be acting like against acting each other. acting against each other. Or exclusively in a scene. Like, there's no reason for the two of them to be Mm-mm. alone on camera. No. Xander made a very bad uh, birthday spanking joke that yeah. would not make it no. this time. I don't know why I made it then, no. but it was... like I, I grimaced. It was not good. They kept saying in the trivia how they had to cut a bunch of stuff. So it doesn't make sense that they would keep that and cut yeah. a bunch of other stuff that they said that they cut. Yeah, why would you cut other things but keep <clears> that? I don't understand. Uh, apparently, uh, vampires cannot fly in planes. No, because of the sunlight. Because of the sunlight, uh, which um, they just kind of dropped that in there. And Angel's like, no, no, I can't do that because I will die, probably, because yeah. he can't yada, 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 yada. And yeah. I'm just sitting there going, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having some lore well thought through and for why don't vampires fly? Well, we've thought about that. Yeah. Here's a reason. Well, like on commercial airlines. I imagine right. if they had he had his own plane, it'd be fine. Yeah, or like if he could hide himself away in a cargo mm-hmm. plane or something like that where yeah. you could like you could ship a vampire yeah. in a box. Right. Uh Xander's parents are the worst. Yeah. Hey mom, it's Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Xander's parents are the worst. They um, have one child, by the way. Oh, Xander's yeah, their only, only child. child. Oh, good. Okay, that's that's the whole joke then. Buffy continues to not put two and two together. Buffy is very, very concerned that Drusilla is still alive because Drusilla's body was never found. Mm-hmm. When vampires die, they get turned to dust. They do. So... If Drusilla was dead, there would not be a body. Correct. There's no hole in that logic there? I got that right? Yeah. Okay, Buffy, what the heck? We've thought through the lore about vampires and planes, but we can't get the line right about, oh, I think she's alive because we didn't find her body. Come on, Buffy, you're the slayer. Yeah. You know what happens when they die. You make it happen. Yeah. (sighs) Frustrating. Maybe that's a hey. There you go. That's the our our next new segment. Uh, Joss Whedon's inconsistent lore. <laughs> we talk about it in almost every episode. We do so. now. We just have a name for it. Joss Whedon's inconsistent lore. Our final segment is, Ryan predicts poorly, I predict in the next episode, because Oz was in this one, and it was a part one, a to be continued, we will get more Oz in the next one, but specifically, we will get an Oz guitar solo, a la Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Great. I couldn't even tell you if that was going to happen or not, I don't know. Nothing is Scott Pilgrim. Nothing. That'll do it for us on this episode of I Missed It. You can follow us over on Twitter at I Missed It Pod or our network at GLM Pods on Twitter or GhostlightMedia.net. Give us a rating and review on whatever you listen to us on. That'd be great. We'll give you a shout out. Ryan and I are the only ones who have reviewed us so far. (laughs) 
as of right now, as of whenever this recording is. Yeah. So this closes out uh, Buffy Season 2, Episode 13, Surprise, with a cliffhanger. Angels in the rain. wonder what's going to happen next. Angel's going to get wet. That's what happened next. <laughs> uh, the rain, the sex, boobs. <laughs> that's all right there, isn't it? Oh, this is great. Well, anyway, I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that Giles is a funky party weasel. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.